0: going in this direction, but I'm going to preach a prophetic message, I'm going to talk to you about the rapture of the church, but I want you to go to Leviticus chapter 23, now Leviticus chapter 23 is the Lord gives Israel their feast days, we could say their holidays, Uh, they're the only nation on planet earth that God gave them the whole list of holidays for the year. And really we'll change the word from holidays because the Lord called them holy days. So it was their holy days and Leviticus 23 lists those for us. And we're going to go there and then I'm also, if you want to go ahead and find it, I'm going over to 1 Thessalonians 4 and and 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians 4... These verses in there talk about the rapture of the church. You say, what is the rapture of the church? The rapture of the church is the calling out of the bride of Christ. The church, the ones that Jesus came and purchased with his own blood, paid for us. We are that group of people, every believer in every age, in every nation, of every nationality, race, color, and creed, make up the church church of the living God the church Jesus said these words upon this church I or upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it Jesus said I will build my church upon me that's the rock he was in reference to it's not to Simon Peter it was to Jesus himself Simon is the little rock but and Peter's the little rock but Jesus is the rock of ages cleft for me and so he said, I'll build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church is going through and the church is going up. And the church is every born-again believer. Please understand that. It's not a certain denomination. It's not a certain group. I had someone, I've had this often told to me, if you would just become a member of my group, we'd be sure you're going to heaven. I said, I'm sure I'm going to heaven and not be a member of your group because I have the one living in me who is eternal life. The Lord Jesus Christ is eternal life. He lives in you. And when he lives in you, you have the guarantee of heaven. Hallelujah. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby you must be saved. Acts 4.12. John 5.24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth, he that believeth on me, he that believes in me is not going to perish. He says you have life in him John five twenty four. I didn't quote that exactly, but the, the message is there. I say unto you he that believeth on me and John three sixteen, and we're told God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in me should not perish, but have everlasting life. And we know also that Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. We go through these verses so you'll understand that every born again child of God, regardless of where they are in this world, regardless of the age they have lived in since the crucifixion of Christ and his resurrection, since the glorious work of the cross, as those individuals believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we make up the bride. Christ. He's coming for the church. Now what's so important, why do I want to emphasize that now? Because beginning Friday at sundown this past Friday at sundown Brother Josh probably will elaborate more on this tonight but on Friday at sundown was one of their feasts of Israel actually uh, I was reading from a Jewish uh, website and they said this is our most Holy of the holy days, this this group that's coming up. You have the Feast of Trumpets, or Rosh Hashanah, which is their beginning of their new year. So, if you've got Jewish friends, you want to wish them a happy new year. Go ahead, because it began on Friday evening at sundown for them, and it goes through today at sundown for the, our Jewish friends. This is Rosh Hashanah, or it's the Feast of Trumpets. That's talked about in Leviticus 23. And then, beginning one week from today, is Yom Kippur. Now, that's a holy day for them. That's the day of atonement that they celebrate. And the Lord talks about it here in Leviticus 23. He gives them all the details for it. And then, later on, on the 15th day of their Jewish calendar in September of this year, is the Feast of Tabernacles. So these three feasts are yet to be fulfilled as far as Jesus Christ's work in these three particular feasts. I say His work because all of the other feasts have been fulfilled by the work of the Lord Jesus. I had you turn to Leviticus 23 because beginning in verse number 1, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feasts of the Lord. Did you get that? The feast or the holy days of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feast. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, and a holy convocation. Ye shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. And then he begins listing the feasts. Now I'm just going to list them for you. You can read about them a little bit as we go along. But the first one is the feast of Passover. Do you know 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7 says that even Christ, our Passover, was offered, was crucified, was offered for us? Here in, in Leviticus 23 and verse 4, these are the feasts of the Lord, even the holy convocations, which ye shall proclaim in their seasons, And in the 14th day of the first month, that evening is the Lord's Passover. So there's Passover. Now Jesus is our Passover. He's the one that shed his blood. That was given for us. That was given for all humanity. paid the debt of sin for every human being. And whosoever can believe upon him, will believe upon him, will receive that wonderful payment. That's the blood of Christ. The blood, the Passover lamb, you remember the story? The Passover lamb, the blood was placed on the doorpost. The blood was paced so that when the angel came through, death angel came through, he would pass over this. And those that would be safe inside, covered by the blood. And here we are. We're safe inside, covered by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah for that. So the Passover has been fulfilled. Secondly, was the days of unleavened bread. This is a picture of the memorial feast of Christ. And begins there in verse number six. He has fulfilled that already. Then in the in verse number nine is the first fruits. That's resurrection Sunday for us. The first fruits. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, speaking to the children of Israel, and saying to them, When you be come into the land which I give unto you, ye shall reap the harvest thereof. Then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. So here is the first fruits. That was the first to be offered and Jesus Christ is referred to in 1 Corinthians 15 and 23 as our first fruits. That's exactly what He is. He was the first risen from the dead. Hallelujah. And now because of that, you remember it says that as Jesus hung on the cross and then the great earthquake that came, darkness settled, the great earthquake came, Jesus gave up the ghost, or he in, in essence gave his body permission to die. And when that happened, it says many of the graves of the saints were opened. Many of them were opened. And they came, uh, they came out after his resurrection. They didn't come out in the three days Jesus was buried. The graves were opened. I think this, they, they rolled stones over the mouth of caves in those days. I think the stones were rolled away. I believe people uh, for three days while Jesus was in the earth, I think they could go by and literally if you wanted to say visit a cemetery and the grave was open. But they could see the wrapped up corpse in there. But after his resurrection, the Bible says they came out of the grave and appeared to many in Jerusalem. So man, saints got up. Boy, I'm telling you. And not only was the witness of Jesus Christ and he stayed here for that 40-day period and was seen of, of hundreds and hundreds, over 500 brethren at one time. He was seen, but others arose. But Jesus was the first fruits, So that is fulfilled. All of these earlier feasts have been fulfilled in Christ. Now, Pentecost was the last one to be fulfilled. The day of Pentecost, the beginning of the church. The Holy Spirit coming. And indwelling every believer. The Holy Spirit came to indwell. And that's mentioned in Leviticus 23 beginning in verse number 15. So from there all the way through the next few verses he talks about the the day of Pentecost. And there's so much here, many, many sermons on just Pentecost itself. But the Spirit of God came. The disciples were in the upper room till the day of Pentecost. You know Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 tells us clearly on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, exactly as was told in Leviticus 23, 1,500 years before that day fully came, in Leviticus 23, when it was fully come, then here comes the Holy Spirit. And He's been here ever since, by the way. He hasn't gone back, He stayed right here with us, and He's going to stay with us until the rapture comes. he takes us home and presents us to the Lord Jesus Christ he's staying here the Holy Spirit to do that work in every believer so very important that we understand this he does the work of regeneration he's the he's the one that convicts us of sins he's the one that tells us we need a savior he's the one that is the author can I say it this way the administrator Of salvation, it's the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. We call him. He's doing that wonderful work right now. He's the means of salvation. He is the regenerator. He's the one that begins the work and continues the work and completes the work in us. The Holy Spirit. So he's not leaving until he presents us to the Lord Jesus Christ as the bride of Christ in the rapture, and that's the next feast. We're looking at these three that are coming right now. We're in, the, we're in one of them that Israel is enjoying, and they call it the Feast of Trumpets. God called it that. And I think this so pictures what 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 talks about in the rapture of the church, and also 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. The Bible says in Leviticus 23 and 23, jump over there with me, Leviticus 23 and 23, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, speaking to the children of Israel, saying, in the seventh month is the first day of the month, shall ye have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, and holy convocation, same words used for the other feast, ye shall do no servile work therein, but ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. But it was the feast of trumpets. Now, the Lord had used the trumpets, the shafar, the, the ram's horn." He had used that to, for many reasons for, in the camp of Israel. Uh, they would blow the trumpet if they were going to war. They would blow the, tr- the trumpet for worship. They would blow the trumpet for a time of warning as well. Blowing the trumpet in many times in cases was for repentance. Repent. And they'd blow the trumpet. They'd blow the p- trumpet to warn them of the enemies and for warfare, and for worship, they would blow that trumpet, and the trump would sound, and here's the blowing of the trumpet, and these days of the trumpets, that's what they're in right now, is days of, I'm going to say warning right now, encouraging them for repentance, but for you and I who know the Lord Jesus Christ, we see how the writers of the New Testament and all, and by the way Paul, being a devout Jew, and uh, can I say one of the most educated of the Jews, he writes about this time in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. And in writing about this, he says, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, verse 13, 1 Thessalonians 4. I won't have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, those which gone on before us, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope, For if we believe that Jesus died and that he rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. And did you see this? And with the trump of God, the trump of God, now Paul tells us that in 1 Thessalonians 4, this is, this is one of the first epistles uh, that he wrote, if not the very first epistle that he wrote. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, you'll find also this mentioned, and he talks about the trumpet shall sound. will not you just flip over there for a minute and look at this, First Corinthians the 15th chapter. I want you to get these scriptures so you'll understand how this ties right in with the feast of trumpets that's going on now. He says to them in chapter 15 in the closing verses. Now get a hold of this. This is so good. He says in verse number 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed. That's a good sign to put over the nursery, isn't it? Amen. We're not, All of them's not asleep, but they're all going to be changed. Amen. For sure. Uh, maybe in all of them, they're all going to be changed there, Emily and Jacob. Yeah, they're not all sleeping, but they're all going to be changed. And that's what's going to happen to us. We're not all going to sleep. We're not all going to die. But in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, now this is important, At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. It's a must. You notice these terms, must, must, must. The trumpet shall sound. The dead shall be raised incorruptible. We shall be changed. The trumpet, the trumpet, as I said, it was used for calling people to war. It was used to call people to worship. It was used for warning, encouraging them to repent. That trumpet was used for those things. It was used to announce the feast days and this feast of trumpets, they would continue to blow. It was encouraging them because the other feast, the the uh, Day of Atonement, was coming one week later, seven days later. Actually, Rosh Hashanah, the New Year, the Feast of Trumpets, on Friday evening. And the Day of Atonement on not the next Sunday, but the Sunday after that would be the Day of Atonement. I was reading a Jewish website about these holidays. and I was reading about the Day of Atonement. It said these words. It said the Day of Atonement is when we are, in that one time of the year, the closest to God. That one time a year at the Day of Atonement. So why would they blow the trumpets back here one week before that? Because they feel like that at the Sunday following the Day of Atonement, they're going to have their opportunity to be the closest to God. And literally, in the Old Testament, they were. Did I ever turn this on? I did. Let me see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on. Did y'all get that? Thank you. Thank you. One person listening to me this morning. Thank you so much. But anyway, I was talking about the Day of Atonement. On the Day of Atonement, let me tell you what happened. The high priest, the only time in the year that he could go inside the most sacred room of the tabernacle or the temple, in the Holy of Holies, go in there. And he couldn't do it without perfect obedience to the word as he was told. He had to dress correctly with those uh, priestly garments on. He had to have blood sacrifice for himself. All that had to have taken place. And then, can you you imagine this? He walks into the Holy of Holies. And he sprinkles blood on the altar there for them. Actually... On that, uh, on that, what we call the the box that had the commandments in it. It had the lid was was solid gold, with the and it was the Ark of the Covenant with the angels facing each other, and there was the presence of God. So they were right. In the Old Testament, they're the closest to God. So what they would do when they'd blow the trumpets it was calling them to hey this is the feast days this is the time to repent this is the time to get right because when that priest goes in on the following Sunday and he goes in there and he offers that blood that's the closest we'll be for a year to a holy God. That's the closest. And it still says that on many of the Jewish websites that you will see. But that today Since we know that Jesus Christ entered in once into the holy place, one time having obtained eternal redemption for us. He entered in once, put put His own blood there so you and I can have eternal uh, access to Almighty God. That's the reason that when Jesus died, the veil in the temple was rent from top to bottom, making a way so you and I could go in to the presence of God, you see, up till that time, no one could go into the presence of God and not be killed. The old wicked sinners barged right into the presence of a holy God; he'd be dead instantly. And that's what the Jews were so fearful of. They wondered how people could say they see God and not and still be living. I remember uh, there's incidents in the Old Testament where that they disobeyed God. I remember in one instance when they were moving the ark, you remember? And they had, it on a, they had it on a special cart and they were trying to move it and they were marching in and David was leading the group and, and the ark of the covenant shifted on that cart that the oxen was pulling and, and one of the men, thinking it might fall, reached over and touched it and God killed him instantly. He fell dead. So it was a, was an awesome thing to get into the presence of God, and it is. No sin can enter His presence, so they have to offer blood. On the Day of Atonement, they felt the closest to God, and literally they were. But it happened every year, one time a year, the high priest had to go in and do it. But when Jesus, Hebrews says, entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us, that gives us access. He rent the veil in the temple... As he hung on the cross when he died and gave his precious blood for our sins, the Father in heaven, I can see this, the Father in heaven took that thick curtain. It was really a curtain. We think of a veil as that which covers the face of a bride. But actually it was a thick curtain. Uh, some of the historians, Josephus being one of those, Josephus says that, that this curtain was so, was so thick and was so woven together that uh, two teams of horses couldn't pull it apart. It would would just stretch. It would not tear. But when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, the Bible tells us clearly that from top to bottom the veil rent. Can you imagine? At the very day of atonement, the time of atonement, and here is this veil that's separating, but when Jesus died, the veil was torn open. The Passover lamb was shedding his blood. The eternal sacrifice. He was entering into the holy place in heaven. Giving his blood for me and for you. And tore that curtain. I can see the Holy Spirit just grab that curtain and tear it from top to bottom. And my, how surprised the priests were. Who were in the temple that day when Jesus died on the cross. How surprised they were as they were in their ministering and all of a sudden they hear a ripping and a tearing that had to be so very loud you could hear it everywhere in that temple area. And that temple was rent, the earth did shake and quake, or rather that veil, that curtain was rent, giving us access to God through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So on this feast of trumpets that they're celebrating, we're reminded... Of the rapture of the church. That the trumpet will sound. The dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall all be changed. Let me talk to you just a minute here. A little more about some details about the rapture. You notice back in First Thessalonians chapter number 4. He tells us that. And there's quite a few details here. First Corinthians 15 says that death is going to be defeated. The corruptible is put on incorruption. Hallelujah. Our bodies are sown in, you know, with disease and sickness, but the Lord's going to resurrect them and they'll be changed. And it'll be marvelous and beautiful and glorious. It'll be like the body of Christ. And here in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. Did you know literally that phrase, sleep in Jesus, means to be put to sleep by Jesus. It means as we... Uh, in the preschool as them girls rock a baby, as they hold a baby, as they comfort a baby, as they rub their back to get them to sleep or pat them on the bottom or, or caress their head and their cheek to get them to sleep. When, the Lord, when, a, when it's time for a child of God to go to heaven, the Lord Jesus is there at that bedside. Don't you ever forget that. Don't ever think He doesn't show up Yes, the angels are there, but the angels are here right now. But the Lord Jesus himself personally attends the homegoing of every one of his children. We say, oh, man, that could be impossible. Hey, it says not a sparrow can die without him knowing it. So he attends the funeral of every sparrow. Why would that be impossible for us as the people of God to understand that we as his children are put to sleep by him? He in essence, can we say, rocks us to sleep, caresses us to sleep, kisses us to sleep. I think that's how he put Moses to sleep. You know, Moses Moses uh, did not have any physical problems at 120 years old. And uh, it says that he his natural force was not abated. But the Lord, the Lord put him to death and buried him. He Kissed him, I think, to death. I, I think so. I think he just hugged old Moses up close, and kissed on him and loved him till it was till he couldn't breathe anymore. And the Lord then had the funeral for him. And we don't know where Moses' tomb is today. But Jesus did that. And here in First Thessalonians four it tells us those which sleep in Jesus put to sleep by Him. It says here very clearly, He's going to bring them with Him. Now, there are those who say the rapture is not mentioned in the Bible. That word rapture. That's true. It's not. But the principle is there. The principle is this, that we will be caught up. We'll be, it means, the word rapture means to catch a It means to be caught up, to, uh, to speedily remove someone. And that's the rapture. Remember 1 Corinthians 15, he said, in the twinkling of an eye. How fast is the twinkling of an eye? Well, uh, some some have, have calculated that it's one ten-thousandth of a second, which is you'd be looking at something and it just disappears. It's quicker than the batting of an eye. It's, it's quicker than anything like that, quicker than an eye movement. It's just bam, it happens. You You're talking to someone. The rapture takes place. Think about this quickness and the suddenness of it. The rapture takes place. You're talking to an individual and you're getting ready to say one word or they are and they never even, their mouth moves. You may not even see that and they're gone. They disappear in front of you. They totally disappear. The quickness of it in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And the Lord Jesus, one, one reference says, as lightning travels from west to east and east to west, how quick is lightning? Well, I mean, my goodness, you can be out there and flash, it's gone. There it is. That quick will the rapture takes place. We'll be gone. The rapture happens before I finish this message. There will just be your clothing sitting in that pew where you are. That's all. The rapture, rapture takes place in a weekday. The babies, every one of them, will leave their clothing behind that's up there in the preschool. Every single one. All the babies, all the little children, and the fours, the threes, and fours, and the twos, and the toddlers, and the, and the infants. I would love to think that all the parents would go too, but I'm afraid there's, there's some that's not. They'll come to our door On the day of the rapture, they'll ring the doorbell and no one to answer. They'll have the police to come. And what policemen that haven't gone out in the rapture will break the door down. They'll go in searching for their babies. And there will lay the baby's little sleeper they were in. The little clothes, there's a pacifier laying over here. All of that is there. But they're nowhere to be found. Because the rapture has taken place that quickly. These holy days that Israel has entered into is reminding us that these feast days are important. I think our Lord will fulfill them just like he did all the others. I think he will. It's going to come quickly and suddenly in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. He said in verse 15 of 1 Thessalonians 4, That we which are alive and remain will be uh, under the coming of the Lord will not prevent them, precede them who are asleep. They're in the cemetery. Folks that have died in Christ Jesus, those that's been put to sleep by Jesus, those who have died believing the Lord Jesus Christ, they're coming out of the grave. They'll come out of the mausoleum. So, preacher, what about those that got killed in the wars and some of them, their bodies are out there they're, they're in the bottom of the ocean somewhere. They're in the they're wherever they can be or their ashes or this where and that where. Hey, don't you worry about that. I mean, if <laughs> he made a man out of the dust of the earth, it's no problem getting their bodies back. None whatsoever. You know, I, I heard jokingly Christian comedians say, you know, he had to have some, I forget what kind of a, of a surgery he had, but he had to have a cadaver bone put in him, you know. And he said, "I got to thinking, man, what if that guy wasn't a Christian, you know? And that cadaver bone, I'm going up, and that one stays here, man, old oh man, you know. What what's going to happen there? I've got that in me here, and that's going to stay. Hey, don't fret your little brains about that. Don't fret about that." He's got all that took care of. He made us out of the dust of the earth. He can take care of your diver bone. He can take care of any of these things. But I want you to know, it's going to happen so quickly, you can never be warned. You could never be told, other than me preaching this morning or some others across the world telling you that day is coming. So quickly, and so I think so very quickly that soon he will return. The trumpet shall sound. He says. He goes on to say, "Here that we will not precede them which are asleep; those which have gone on I mentioned already." Now I think this. Let me let me throw this in here for you quickly. They have already. They've already gone to the grave. They've been in, they're going to paradise. You and I have not experienced that yet. They're coming out first. Someone said they got six feet further to go. Okay, maybe, but they're coming out first. And then I love this the Lord Himself, He put them to sleep. The Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now Jesus said in John chapter 5, I think it's verse 26 or verse 28 there, somewhere in there. Jesus said this, the day is coming when all that are in the graves will hear my voice. And those that have done good, now what does that mean, have done good? It means, go back to John chapter 3 and verse 18. He says, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not condemned, but if you don't believe, you're condemned already. Those that have done good are those who have simply believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. You are not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. I've run into so many people that says, Oh preacher, man, I'm hoping that I can plead my case when I get stand before God. Honey, it's already decided. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not condemned. Condemnation comes at the end of the trial. It's already the trial's over. It's done with. The trial's done. Condemnation is on us because we don't believe. But when we do believe, we're not condemned. Hallelujah. And so, when he meant in John 5, the days are coming when all that are in the graves will hear my voice. And he says, those that have done good unto the resurrection of the saved or the resurrection of those of everlasting life and those that are eternal in me. Those are going to be resurrected. Then then he says there's another resurrection. They're going to hear my voice. And for those who have not believed. For those who have not come to me. That's the great white throne of judgment that he's talking about there. But The rapture of the church. That calling out of the people of God. That calling out of the church is for believers only. And the rest of the world that will be left. As I said there will be frantic people knocking down the doors. Of the preschool, hoping to see where that baby is. Where's that child? There'll be frantic people coming to your home and saying, "My goodness, they, we we just saw them yesterday, and they're gone." And man, there's some clothes laying there. There'll be airline, airline, uh, our airplane crashes. All of this. Trucks will be all over the road. John, your truck will have to be driverless at that time. And uh, you know, all that's going to happen. You say, how they going to explain that away? Have you heard so much about aliens lately? About UFOs? Yeah? You've heard that? And it's, it's everywhere. Even the show now says, we've got, we have got corpse of aliens. We may have one in the White House. Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> <a minute. clears throat> I need a drink of water here. Wait a minute. <clears throat> I misspoke. Okay, but they've got them, they're there. Now why do you think all of that is so magnified now? Because even the lost world expects the rapture of the church. Even the lost world expects our disappearance. Yes, they do. I heard one news commentator, it's been a year or so ago, I guess it's, it's actually been longer than that, a couple of years. He said, mockingly, I hear those Christians talking about a thing they call rapture. Jesus comes to get them. I can't wait till they're gone. And I said, I can't either. Hallelujah. I can't wait till I'm gone. But I've got a heartache for those that'll be knocking down the doors of the preschool. That'll be knocking down the doors of the church and they say man we we, wanted, we thought we had more time in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump the Lord's descending the voice of the archangel now the trumpet sounded for warfare what's going to take place in a war what do you mean a warfare preacher listen to me Satan and all the demons of hell all the imps of hell will be up there in the air trying their best to prevent you and I from going. What do you think so? I know so. That's the reason, one reason, that Jesus Christ is coming himself and calling us out. Because Satan, that big old ugly demon who's doomed for the lake of fire for eternity and all the demons of hell would like to be a barrier there. To keep the saints of God from going up. But Jesus is coming. And Jesus comes and calls us out. And Michael the archangel. I think it's Michael. He's the warrior angel. It says at The voice of the archangel. And the trump of God. Oh Michael the archangel comes there. And he's done whooped up on the devil several times. And he's whipping up on him today. I think he's the angel that's given charge over the protection of the nation of Israel. I believe it's Michael. Uh, I was did I tell you this, Did I tell you about meeting a uh, international IDF pilot, Israeli Defense Forces pilot, who had flown in one of their wars, the previous wars? I met him over here twenty years ago. At a at a prayer breakfast, city wide prayer breakfast, he spoke, and I got to talk to him some afterwards. But he was telling, here he is, an IDF pilot. They're the best in the world. And I asked, or I didn't ask, but another preacher asked the question, "Why are you guys called the best in the world?" He said, "We are pretty good." And why are you? He said, "Because my wife." my children, my mom, my dad, they're all down below me. And if I don't take out all these enemies, they're going to get hit. He said, I don't have an insulating barrier like you have here in America. They're all shooting at us. And they all have missiles pointed toward us. And all the planes are coming toward us. He says, I've got to be the best. And then a question was asked, asked, is there been any? It was prayer breakfast. The supernatural presence of anybody over there. And he said, "Oh yeah, yeah, we see it all the time." Now think about this. He said, "We see it all the time." Josh, and and it will be showing us things tonight. That's going to be unbelievable. But he he said these words. We see it all the time. One instance, he said, "Stand." He said, "In in a, in a certain situation that." our IDF forces was in, said we should have been annihilated, really, with all that was against us. We should have been annihilated. And he said, standing on a hilltop was a figure in white. And he said, our forces won. And he said, all we could do was just, when we came back, when we landed the planes, when our forces came in and the tanks got through the day, is just say, wasn't us? Somebody else? I think that's old Michael the archangel, but at the trump of God, at the voice of the archangel, it tells us the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive remain of the coming of the Lord shall be called up together to meet Him in the air. Yeehaw! Hallelujah! You and I, our loved ones, yes, they're coming out first. They're going up in the air and, old Satan and all the demons, they'll, they'll be knocked all over the place. And, old Michael, the archangel, the Lord Jesus has given the command that demon forces are poof. And here we go up. And we meet one another along the way. It's, that's the way I understand it. We get to fellowship along the way. Hallelujah. Won't it be wonderful? We'll get to, we'll get to have a meeting in the air. And Jesus will have let that happen. I know we'll be most excited to see Jesus. I know we will. We'll hear his voice. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. You know that when he comes he will not ask for our church roll to see if we've got everybody here that's going. He won't go to any church and say let's see who you have on the roll so we can see if they're coming in the rapture. No. My sheep hear my voice and I'm known of them and they know me we know him he knows us and we're going up because we hear his voice we're called up to be with him in the air we hear his voice, we know he's calling. we know it's him and we go I remember when my kids were small we'd be in some big old store or we'd be out in some amusement park somewhere and there'd be wall to wall people everywhere and you know but uh, I, could, I could hear, we could hear our kids' voice. And we knew if it was them, we knew where they were, they could hear our voice. And I could yell out, or their mama, Rebecca, Josh, Nathan. And there might be hundreds of Rebeccas and Nathans and Josh's around. But they heard our voice. And they came to us. And that's the way of God's people. Folks, these are exciting times. But it's times that we must understand in these very days, days typifying the return of the Lord. There's so much more. You've got the Day of Atonement that's coming next Sunday. This three uh, feast days are important. And I personally look for our Lord's return this time of year more. It seems like more than... There's an anxiousness in my soul more than any other time. I know... We don't know the day or the hour but he has these three feasts to fulfill. I want to ask you this morning while we are here do you know that you're going? Can you say without a doubt I have given my life to Jesus. I remember the transformation. He saved me and I'm his. I know I'm going. Let's bow our heads for prayer for a moment. I want you to be sure I sure do not and this, this burdens my heart breaks my heart sometimes when I contemplate on it will there be people the first Sunday after the rapture will there be people that will come to our church we've always come here where is everybody they're not here wonder what's happened. You reckon they're part of that group that just disappeared? And You know, the news is saying that there's been an invasion from outer space. Our UFOs have been spotted and our army's attacking them and there's warfare. I bet they were taken out that way. Where is everybody? Where have they gone? I hope. God knows my heart that there will be no one that has been here before that's going to come and be looking for folks in the church. I pray that's not going to happen. Right now is the time to get ready. The trumpet is sounding in essence already. He tells us, told His prophets, Lift your voice as a trumpet. Declare the truth. Declare the way. And we are declaring the word of God. Declaring the truth is in Jesus Christ. He's the Savior. He's the Redeemer. No church, no religion can keep you. But Jesus can. Will you today? If you don't know Him as your Savior. Or if you got a question. Have I ever really given my life to Christ? Right now. Right where you are right where you are right now, just confess to Him, Lord, I'm a sinner. I know I am. I know You're a holy God. And I know I'm a sinner. I believe You died for me, Jesus. I believe You rose again bodily right now. You're alive. And I'm asking You, Jesus, to forgive me of my sin come live in my heart. I ask you right now, because you're alive, you paid the debt of sin, come and live in me. And he says, he that comes to me, I will never turn away. Never, 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 never turn away. He will have you. You come to him this morning if you haven't already. And then tell someone about that. You won't be ashamed. Boy, when Jesus comes in, you want others to know. Then I want us to think very clearly now. Jesus coming. Should he come before a five o'clock service? No, I want him to find me with all that's going on in my life? I want to be clean before it. I want my thoughts to be right. I want my habits to be right. I want my, I want my uh, phone to have the right stuff on it. I want my computer to have the right stuff on it. I I want that. I want to be right when he comes I want that and then I have those precious friends and loved ones that I know very very likely they're not ready and Jesus comes I won't have the time to go and get him I'm going to pray extra hard now fervently I'm going to invite them to church I'm going to do whatever I can I want to see them at least hear the gospel message clearly Father you know our hearts today you know how you impressed me with this message I actually wrestled with it but more and more you confirmed to me This must be preached. This weekend, these days of the feast days, the blowing of the trumpets, the trumpet sound for us one day, the day of atonement, Yom Kippur that's coming next week, then the feast of tabernacles, the harvest has come in. Lord, at these times, may everyone in our church family, may everyone under the sound of my voice, that may be listening or watching, may they right now just confess that they're sinners, they need a Savior and trust Jesus to be their Savior now. And Lord, our dear loved ones, our friends, our neighbors, Lord, I pray for them. We lift up every one of them that's on the minds of people here in our auditorium today. We lift them all up to you, wherever they are. We believe you're speaking to them. Lord Jesus, bring them to you. Clean us up, clean me up, clean all of us up. Help our thoughts to be right, our actions, our attitudes, but it all begins with our thought pattern. Help that to be right with thee in every way. Clean us up. The blood of Christ Jesus, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And we know that and we thank